0: From the advertising media capital of the world, New Milford, Connecticut, wherever that is. This is Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, a bi-weekly-ish podcast about all things automotive marketing. Now, here's your host, Matt Wilson. I always forget
1: I'm supposed to say thank you to my voice guy, Jim McCarthy, Jim McCarthy Vos, Jim McCarthy voiceovers, VOs.com. I'm supposed to say thank you every time I start the podcast because he did that cool intro for me and he didn't charge me. Or maybe he did, but I didn't pay him. I know that. So anyway, thank you, Jim. Another episode of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. You ever notice that during the pandemic, uh, you know, all your local news stations... And everybody have, has changed their slogans, you know. So, like, here in Connecticut, it's like, Channel 3, here for you. And I'm like, well, aren't they always here for me? Like, it's always on. What's, what's different? They're just they're adopting a warmer, friendlier tone, you know. NBC Connecticut, here for you now more than ever. Looking out for you, the viewer. What does that even mean? I don't get it. Like, you're always there for me. The news is on at the same time every day. Here for you now more than ever. And that's what today's episode of the podcast is going to be like. It's mostly automotive marketing with Matt Wilson here for you, looking out for you now more than ever, right? This episode is going to be helpful to you guys. It's a tough time. Well, it's always tough to be a dealer, but it's a tough time now, you're trying to make the most of your money and trying to uh, budget as efficiently as possible. Keep an eye on what's going on with your business. And so, we are here for you. And here for us to help with today's episode is the president of MoveYourMetal.com. I believe it's also our first Canadian on the show, uh, Kevin McKillop, joining us. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Good. How are you doing, man? Are you Canadian or are you just in Canada? Oh, Canadian. What time is it there Canadian, right
2: now? Can, 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 Canadian-Irish. It uh, it's 11.
1: Oh, we're in the same time zone. All right. Yeah. yeah Good end. to know. Well, thank you for joining me. We met via actually via Jim McCarthy, who I was just yeah, plugging for my the
2: beautiful, smooth voice. Talking. Yes.
1: The wonderful Jim McCarthy down in Nashville. Uh, we met through Jim, and he said, You got to talk to this guy, Kevin. And uh, so here we are. And we're here for you. Yeah. We're here for you. <laughs> now, now more than ever, Kevin and I are here for you. And uh, I thought this would be a good time to talk about some ways that uh, dealers can kind of keep an eye on what's going on in their business, some ways to possibly uh, maximize their marketing spend. And you are the president of an agency. I'm the account director at an agency, and uh, I'm a former dealer also from the marketing side of it. So like, I've seen it from both angles now, right? I was on the... the um, client side and now I'm on the vendor side and there's different views uh, from each side of the table. And you and I talked um, at length a couple of weeks ago, just about some general automotive stuff. And I I thought to myself, this would be a great podcast episode. So now that I built it up to the listener, let's deliver a (laughs) semi-okay podcast episode. And the first thing I wanted to mention uh, was a topic that you actually um, sent to me. And I think you and I were chatting about uh, self-managed Google campaigns. And, you know, some dealers or dealer groups or not even dealers, just companies in general. I mean, you know, I don't want people to think that we're just only talking about automotive, but companies in general with an in-house marketing person might be like, oh, well, I got people. Let me just manage my own Google campaigns. And the reason I want to bring it up is because I tried this. And it was a total disaster, right? We had, I had three people in my marketing department at a dealer group and the owner of the group or the GM at one of the stores said, well, let's do our own Google campaigns. Like, let's save some money. Like I got, I got you three people on payroll. Why should I pay an agency to do it? And so we sat through like all the Google training. We did all the videos, we did all the testing. We all got our whatever certification. We read about it, took six weeks, started doing it ourselves. And like a week into it, I was like, this is not. Like the results are not going to be there. We're going to be actually hurting ourselves budget wise. Like maybe we were paying an agency 15% before, but we're losing at least that by not doing it well. Um, And it's super time consuming, right? So, um, and it's easy if you're an in-house guy to fall into the, well, Google's recommending I do this. So I'm just going to do it. Do it. Isn't that a, isn't (laughs) that a, yeah. I mean, should you do it? Because Google says you should do it. That's my first question to you.
2: Absolutely not. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah, no, I, I like that. I like that topic because uh, it's there. If you look, at it, it's like the, Google is incentivized to make everybody believe that their tools are easy to use and therefore everybody should use them. And you don't need to be an expert. They make it simple. If they made it difficult, uh, less people would use it. So for that very nature, when somebody people feel that they can go ahead and do it themselves, it's kind of like me walking to a home Depot and like, well, look at, I just got to buy the tools and the lumber and I can go build something. And I'm like, I wouldn't step foot in a house I tried to build, but <laughs> I have all the same tools. So it's really easy. Uh, I can see for the, 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 the draw that a dealer or any company has said like, Oh, I you know, I've got people here. I, you got you just figure it out. You do it for us and we don't have to pay an agency. We don't have to go pay that 15 or 20% or 25 30 whatever right. somebody's charging them. But in the same token remember is that it's also this is an auction like you could save that in fees and instead all you're doing is giving it to Google because you're overpaying and wasting money on their platform. So it's not just simply about the fee that is being paid. It is about the money that you could be losing and just giving to Google on un, unnecessarily.
1: Uh, yeah. You know, too. And I don't want people to think, well, of course that's what these guys think. They're two agency guys, but look yep. I, right. I on the other side of it. I believed this before I was an agency guy before it benefited me for a client to use up, use me or an agency for search on the other side. I felt the same way because I, I in, part, in my group, we had uh, one of the stores in my group had an it guy and the it guy handled the Google AdWords. And I was yep. like, why? And they're like, well, because he's the computer guy. And I'm like, Google AdWords is advertising. It's not IT work. Like like the the, the way it worked in that store was kind of like, oh yeah, no, he's the IT like computer, like smart guy. So he handles the AdWords. And then so I looked into the AdWords campaign. This was the Volvo store. I looked into the AdWords campaign and I was like, holy cow, this is a mess. Well, you know how much money that we are wasting on, or not we, you are wasting at this store? Uh, you know, they were spending like, I don't know, $25,000 a month or whatever. And it was a big market. The, yeah. the, the money, it's not the money, the money was fine, but the results for the spend, I'm sure you could have cut that spend tremendously, paid an agency to do it and had a, a better results and save some money too. I mean, it was, it, it was insane.
2: I just had a, a, an example of a, we took over a, a, an account for a dealer who tried to do self-managed. And I'm just thinking, how, I was trying to think of the the process that he must have gone through in order to get where I saw. Yeah, right. And it was probably just like, you know, he was a more, he's like, he's IT, he's, he's IT savvy. We'll call it the computer savvy. <laughs> You're right. And what Google has all these tools, they have wizards, walkthroughs, step-by-step guides as you go into AdWords and say, well, here's, we recommend this, we recommend this. So we go in and I find out that you know over the course of this uh, uh, that the GM who was running the account it was a smaller store so he was I can see why maybe he was trying to cut some costs right but he had spent almost twenty five thousand dollars on bidding on the city name that his store exists in that's just, it just
1: just the name the city name
2: just the name that's it anything related to the name and I say like I can't imagine. He thought of that. I think that that was a suggestion that was auto, like that he somehow applied. To say, like, well, do you Google suggest based on maybe some input? So, maybe some of the information that he input. So, Google can't build tools that adapt to every single market on the planet. Right. So, there's a lot of, there's, there's, it's, I feel like it generalizes in some instances. And that's why their recommendations, and like you, you said it before, it's like, should you listen because Google recommends it? I'm like, no, they can't. They can't be experts in every single industry uh, when it comes to it. So their recommendations work as a whole uh, on a more general level, but like not for everybody. And uh, quite often we used to get a lot of calls from Google and they'll reach out to agencies. They'll also reach out to customers, anybody who's advertising on their platform. If you own the account, they reach out and we're here to help you. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so here to they, help. They, even pre-pandemic they were here to help <laughs> they, listen it's not
1: <laughs> always not now more than ever always more than ever google is there yeah, to help
2: yep they were always there to help and uh i would we would entertain their ideas i'm like okay uh it, it is it kind of goes against what we would think but hey we believe that google must you know the, 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 the their size they know best it's their tools Let's just keep, let's just keep trying some of their recommendations. And we'll do this over a very legitimate amount of time. It's like, we'll do this. We'll listen to these for six months, maybe 12 months. And then, you know, a year later, we just literally, it's like, I don't want to hear from you anymore. Like, I don't want the recommendations. We're not getting on a call anymore. You had 12 months to show me that these suggestions that are more generic don't apply to automotive and don't apply to our accounts. So yeah. no, they're not the experts in everything. And I would not listen to them. And so that, uh, yeah, your point about, should you do it? They say no, and you do it yourself. It's gotta be more than you're just the IT guy or yeah. you've got some free time, take a some certification, or I don't wanna pay a fee. Like I'm the same, if I take it out of uh, auto, I am, oh, well, I'm not the handiest person. I don't have a lot, I don't have all these, if I'm gonna go build a deck, like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go call my friends who have built several decks yeah, and right. i trust them i've i've stood on them and they haven't fallen down <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah i'm not going to do it myself like unless i'm prepared then i'm probably going to have to call them or an expert to once i get to a point where i've either busted it yeah, right. or i can't or i can't finish it yeah or yeah i finished it and then it broke or didn't pass a code or whatever so it's like You pay for what you get. And sometimes when you go cheap in the beginning, you end up paying more to fix the problems of of going cheap in the first place.
1: To me, having the IT guy do it because he's like a computer guy is is no different than having like an outside phone vendor do it because, oh, well, he knows phones and and he's kind of nerdy. So let's have him do it. I mean, it makes zero sense to me. And, you know, I think I think if you look at it from a perspective of, uh, I mean, listen, Google's a business, they want to make money. Of course, they're going to recommend. You know, it's like yeah. if someone will say, oh, well, Google's, uh, you know, um, what's the wording it says in AdWords, like insufficient spend, or I can't remember the wording, like if you're in AdWords, it says it in red, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, you're maxing out your spend and then whatever it is, like, uh, they're always going to say that. Oh, Jim McCarthy's calling me. What are the chances? <laughs> Uh, Bing,
2: uh, Bing does that. Um, I, we get emails. Uh, Whether it says you're almost like alarmist emails uh, when you see it, and like the big, there's a big red like almost caution triangle. Says like you are. Uh, the, the the gist of it is that you need to spend more money because you're missing clicks, and that's just it's. Uh, if somebody yeah, is right. not aware of this kind of this kind of tactic, yeah, Bing is in it to make money, so they make it seem like there's some huge. You should listen to us, and by listening, that means increase your budget. Yeah, and that's not necessarily. That's their goal is to you you to spend more money. Facebook is a great example. Facebook has made more money per pixel off of that boost button than there. I think anything that they've ever created.
1: Yeah, I'm sure
2: the boost the boost button. Is that made it now? That makes everybody think like, oh, it's so easy to advertise on Facebook. I just can use the, the little boost button, and then and they've made it easy so that anybody can do it. And then a lot of people think, well, then why would I pay somebody to do right. it? I can do the boost, the boot, the uh, the boost button. Yeah. And the boost button, it does it it it, it crosses off uh, uh, it crosses off an item on a checklist. Did you boost the ad? Is it is it now an ad? Yes, but all the there's all kinds of options that you can't make. Uh, they're probably people using a boost button. There's a reason why they're using the boost button is because they're really, they're not that knowledgeable about all the details in it and next thing you know, that's great. You wanna go boost this 500 bucks, you wanna boost it 2000, F- doesn't matter what you pick, what you do. Facebook will find a way to spend that money no matter what, oh, that's what it's sure. meant to do. Yeah. We, we've we had an account, we did a, uh, saw a mistake, somebody uh, instead of putting in $250 a day, Fat fingered it and put in twenty five hundred dollars a day.
0: Holy! And it
2: was it, and it was a twenty five. It was a two hundred and fifty. It was a twenty. It was a two hundred and fifty dollar a day campaign, and it had run that way. And it was it was good, but fat fingered that to twenty five hundred, and for nine days before somebody found this, it that they saw it. But guess what? It did. It spent twenty five hundred bucks a day, no matter what. It didn't care. You could put five thousand. It'll still find it. Spend it. Yeah. So you get like these, these, these buttons and these tools, their, their interests, very similar. I, I'm We're in a, you know, from the vendor side, yes, I can say that you should use a vendor on the Facebook side. They make tools to just make it easy for anybody uh, yeah. uh, to just pour money into their pockets. You know, <laughs> That's what it's doing
1: a lot of times too. I think what happens with social media for mo- for a lot of local businesses is, uh, it's just like, you know, let's say a, uh, a guy buys a, you know, deli or something. Well, who's going to handle social media? Oh, my kid's going to handle it. Yeah. My daughter's <laughs> going to handle it. My person who's under the age of 35 is going to handle it. And then you, like, if you'll ask whether it's an agency or anybody, a freelance person will ask about it. I don't know. We're fine with that. My daughter handles it. And it's like, just because they're grew up in the age of TikTok doesn't mean they should be yeah. handling all your business, social media.
2: Like they use it a lot. Therefore, they'd be good at managing it. Like, well, yeah. I drive my car a lot. Can't tell you I'm good at fixing it.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so when I was the marketing director of my group, people would say, oh, yeah, man, that's cool. You know, I really like the and I was like, oh, no, 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 I don't know anything about cars. I don't want you to think that because I do the marketing for a car dealership. I don't know anything about cars. Literally nothing. Yeah. I can't even change my own tire. That's why I subscribe to AAA. <laughs> like, so don't start talking to me about how you think the Nissan GTR goes whatever horsepower, because I don't know what that means. I know what it looks like. No. that's about it.
2: Yeah, it, you don't. it just you, your use of it does not mean that you would be good at managing it or the underlying parts of that system that you're using. So yeah, the, the the kids use it. Well, they're good. They're they're good at being on it and and using the Facebook app to stare and talk to their friends. It Doesn't mean they're good at managing the business uh, just because they know how to use Dropbox and Microsoft Word and PowerPoint and. I can use yeah. the CRM. Doesn't mean that I'm just going to go take a test and learn how to use you know Google's Google's ads, Bing, uh, or you know uh, Facebook. Like oh, I know how to use the Boost button. We've got some results. You and know, they're nice. the results that come back. Right, they're reporting. Again, their reporting is going to try well, neutrally, but still try to paint their advertising services in a good light. So yeah. if you go look at the results of a, uh, of a Facebook campaign and you go boost, it'll tell you how many people you reached, your awareness reach and like all these things. And then most people look at those like, oh, look, I spent 500 bucks and I reached 25,000 people, success.
1: Right, yeah, it worked.
2: But and then if they don't go and dig any further and look at maybe some of the post-click information or anything like that, like somebody with more expertise would go look at, hopefully you find out that, well, I'd, that was kind of a waste, but Facebook didn't tell you that. Facebook right. did its job. And then I'm good. Yeah. It's like Home Depot. Home Depot doesn't come and certify the quality of my craftsmanship of my deck. Right. They just sold me. They just sold me some great. They just sold me great tools yeah. and quality lumber, and that's the end of it. And they're going to say that well, it wasn't our tools' fault.
1: Do you need a <laughs> new It wasn't.
2: Do you need a new? It was new... my fault.
1: Do you need a new deck? Is that why Home Depot's on your mind? Because this is like the third time. Uh, you, yeah, are you in saying, the market for a new deck? At home.
2: Oh, because I use that one. I think that <laughs> that one's maybe that's just my, like that's my own inferiority of, uh, of uh, like, there's a, there's a place where I can feel small. Just going to Home Depot, yeah, like, right. like all these people that can, that can build stuff. And yeah, I'm just yeah. like, I got I to gotta drill to hang pictures.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I'm like looking for one specific thing. And there's guys who run in there, grab the five things they need. And they're home doing something before I'm still trying to figure out like, uh, how do I find the stud in the wall to hang up this clock? You know?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's just like, these I'm a boy amongst men at Home Depot.
1: <laughs> interesting point about, you know, painting a picture that makes the campaign look good. You know, like I, I used to work in radio and, you know, um, Arbitron used to be the company that measured radio uh, ratings. And, you know, they'd come out with the ratings book and radio people, we'd sit there and pour over the book and we would look for the story that made the story that we wanted to tell to sponsors. Yeah. So it'd be like, okay, let's see, let's take a look. All right. Well, 12 plus numbers, not great. Twenty five fifty four not great. Ooh, number one sixty five plus. Well, we can sell that as number one for adults. You know, like you can, yeah. you can tell a good story out of anything, <laughs> you know I mean? So, you know, like I guess in terms of maybe search and or Facebook, you know, I, I, what kind of, que- that's the thing is what kind of questions can a dealer ask? Cause the, you're only the agency or the vendor, whoever it is, is only going to show up with a report that reports the information that looks good. They're not going to show up with a bunch of things and be like, okay, this is a problem. This is a problem. This is a problem. You know, what we did last month really didn't work. Like, like how can yeah. de- I, like, how does a dealer know what questions to ask to decode that information? Cause a lot of times it's not going to get, not going to get shown to them.
2: Yeah, it's tricky because uh, you've got uh, everybody's got their own like ro- their way of reporting, right? And they're yeah. probably doing something like you just mentioned. It's like, well, what can we, what 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 positives can we paint in a picture, such a bright picture, that it shines over the the stuff that we want to just you know skip right over. Um, right. I think that uh, I think most people, most dealerships, or most businesses, should, you know, have some sort of uh, you know they've got to have you know for example Google Analytics on their site, and they need access to it. Now do they need to be an expert in it. No, but there's certain areas that they can go and look at. So I think most, like a vendor or somebody who's got maybe a a slight agenda, I don't want their custom reports per se. You know, show them to me, but I know that you're going to paint a a, a more rosier picture if it makes you look better. Um, But being able to access your Google, your actual raw data, your own Google Analytics And as long as they're really talking, I guess it's almost like if they're communicating about how, where the information is coming from and explaining why uh, they're talking about why they measure it and what that means to the dealer or to the, you know, to the, to the advertiser, you know, somebody come along and saying, I see all the time, like their report is, well, your, your click through rate that last month was above industry standard. And right. that is absolutely meaningless to the dealer. Like I don't care. That's an advertiser. That's an ad stat. That's right. that's what I'm interested in. That um, now the problem isn't necessarily that they should maybe explain to the dealer why is that important to me again and how does that serve my purpose here? Because it sounds like so. And if like they can't do that, if they're not doing that proactively, I'm like, okay, well, what are you not trying to hide? What are you trying to? Hide? What are you trying to hide? What try? What are you trying to not tell me? Um, Google Data Studio is a great uh, free tool uh, for kind of like uh, for people that don't know, know about it. I kind of look at it as something. Like, it's kind of like PowerPoint. PowerPoint is a tool that lets you build presentations. Okay. Google Data Studio is a tool that lets you build reports and pull information in to build it. So it's like it, it doesn't. It's got templates and you build it. And Google Data Studio can pull in information from Facebook. Can pull it in, uh, information in from uh, Google, Google Analytics, all kinds of different sources. So you can build something there. And yes, if I built it, maybe I only pull in information that may make what we're doing look better. But I think if I was to say, well, what's the one indicator of if you're getting good in well, good, better, or or worse information is that is the focus on post-click or pre-click. So post-click is like what did they do once they got to your website? Right. The pre-click is the people talking about impressions, clicks, click-through rate any of that stuff that has nothing to do with what happens after they click an ad. That's all like, well, that's up to the ad. They've clicked on it. And now all we're going to, what are you going to talk about on the post click side? What did they do? What did they do when the person got to the showroom? Did you send me a bunch of interested car shoppers into my showroom or did you send me a bunch of three-year-old kids looking for toys? Yeah. Because they're all, they're all bodies, but obviously the, the kids are not the target market here. So uh, that would be a real big one, I think. Is the it's pre-click and post-click. I've always used it. It's the it's the receipt versus the report card. Mm. Receipts tell tell you what you bought. Report cards tell you how you did.
1: Yeah, yep. No, that's a good point. I think a lot of it is just educating yourself too. Like I think a dealer. I mean, like from like I like working with dealers or groups that have in-house marketing people because I feel like they come at you with like there's no BS in them, right? They know what info, hopefully they, they're doing their job. Well, they know what information you should be sharing and they'll ask the good questions because they speak the lingo. But if you don't have, if you don't have the luxury of having that type of position at your store, I feel like you should educate yourself to make sure that you're getting the most out of the vendor who's doing the work for you. Like you gotta, like you gotta protect yourself. You gotta make sure that it's being done right and ask the right questions. Uh, Otherwise you just don't have any idea what's going on, really.
2: I also that's I, true. and I also feel that there's got to be like if you don't really if you don't trust them, then 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 you don't trust them and that's also a problem. but it, this, yeah. this idea that you constantly have to uh, assume that an agency or somebody is doing something nefarious and you always have to be there to you know keep them accountable yeah I know maybe I just live in too much I live in a bubble I was thinking that you know there you can just have a partnership with a a net company and you know that they're going to always try and do their best and you don't necessarily need to be always assuming that they are not and you're there to catch them like you pay them and if you don't trust them then why are you paying them in the first place yeah so I think that and if you just come so if you've got to you've got somebody there, so I, I do like the idea, like I've always did like having somebody, uh, they got like an in-house person who uh, who can speak, I guess, more digital. Mm-hmm. Um, and also be the liaison with, with management at the dealership because they've got more, the, the dealership, the, you know, the GM, whatever, the you know, the team there, they have more, tr- they usually, they seem to have more trust in one of their own staff members than yep. they would in, say, an agency that they're working for. And I can understand why. Uh, but i like yeah and then it's a lot easier to deal with the, somebody in that position and i think it also i think it helps the dealership because then they're not that they you don't have the management team always worrying and always jumping around from vendor to vendor because they keep thinking that you know it's like the same problem exists every time every, everywhere they go and they just do they just vendor hop um yeah. and i feel that the ones our customers that we've had, the longest ones we have, most of them all have somebody who is dedicated to the marketing aspect, and that is kind of that point of contact. Yeah, not not dealing with the the you know the principal or the GSM or the GM. I'm like I don't mind doing that, and there's that it happens a lot. Uh, I just and maybe that's because they've got trust in in me and they've got trust in us. Uh, we do a good job, or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But I have yes, if, having an in-house, I would 100% agree. Uh, I, it's definitely made. Uh, my relationship, some uh, it's made it easier.
1: One of the things that used I to easier for them, yeah. One of the things that used to kind of make me weary or, or leery was it weary or leery about a vendor? Is it weary? I think one of the would yeah. be wary. Yeah, no, weary, yeah, okay. weary about weary? A, a vendor, it would be whatever, would be that they would like call on me and pound getting on the phone and coming in or getting a meeting or getting a PowerPoint or pitching me. And then they'd be like, are you the decision maker? Like, you know, they want to know who they're talking to the right person or they're wasting their time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm the guy like, sell me on it. And and get it going in a contract and set up. And then we would set up and start. And then I would never hear from anybody. And if I, if, if that happened to me and it was like two weeks, I'd be like, my first thought would be, these guys don't care about, my business or care about the the product they're providing for me. They were in constant contact until we signed a contract and they knew, well, these guys are going to pay us at the end of the month. If they didn't reach out and try and and try and manage me or or show me what the relationship was going to be like post getting my business. They didn't do that early on. I was automatically skeptical going forward about the relationship yeah. or my trust in them.
2: Yeah, I can see that. I, I think that you're probably like the bigger, the bigger, the bigger companies, uh, have their dedicated sales team yeah. and these, their sales, their, their, sales dogs incentivized to, uh, on you know, you know kind of make phone calls, it's sales, it's, you know, it's commission. And then the team that, uh, that you d- didn't hear from two weeks later, they're not incentivized the same way as that right. sales team was. So yeah. like the sales, like they, they went, they hit, they went, they went pedal to the metal, like foot to the floor. Uh, in terms of contact follow-up pressure and then the other team that, that you got hand off handed off to they don't have that at all right it's just like okay well i'm just here to help and if you need help let me know or or, or they just disappear because uh you just don't make enough noise i don't i don't yeah i don't know i think it's kind of to me, that's not necessarily like an agency. It's a size thing. You go find big companies, and big companies are are they harder to deal with. It? And mm-hmm. they'll they'll they're, they're great at getting business, and then and, and I feel like managing it afterwards. It's like, well, now you don't seem to. I'm not feeling the care that yeah, you seem right. to give about my business before you had it.
1: Yeah, where's <laughs> the love, man?
2: Yeah. (laughs) You're not here for me now.
1: (laughs) You're right. Yeah, exactly. Now more than ever, I need you. Where are you? You know, and I feel like too, in a lot of situations, um, you know, like, you know, during the, during the pandemic, and I don't know, it might still even be going on, but I know, uh, for instance, some of the third party sites like car gurus and those kind of guys were offering dealers discounts or letting them pause their campaigns without canceling or whatever they had to do. And but you know I'm, I always wonder like you know how did that come about it's not like they just thought of it you know how we could be really nice to our clients during the next two months I'm sure a bunch of dealers canceled or a bunch of dealers started to complain like you know guys you could help me out you could give me a break and then they reacted you know they reacted in the way they did react which you know I think you know I have a lot of dealers who are on car gurus who are saving some money uh you know whether they pause their campaigns or it's 50% or I don't I don't remember the billing structure but I think that it's hard for larger companies like that to adjust than it is for smaller vendors or smaller web providers or agencies or whoever it is, because the large, like you said, the large companies, they're not nimble. They can't, you know, they can't can't do an about face and go in a different direction. It's, It's a big machine. It's too hard, you know?
2: I just, I think everybody in the planet knows how to deal with this, their, their local cable company or cell phone company. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Go deal with AT&T or Verizon or somebody. And you're just like, no, it's, 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 I don't know of anybody who says anything nice about dealing with the, you know, <laughs> deal with the government.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> there's yeah, the biggest, exactly. co-
2: the biggest company in the, there's the biggest company in them all. Yeah. Nobody, nobody likes dealing with them. So I think it's the, it's the nimbleness and it's, the, it's also the lack of silos right? The lack of silos is that you get into a larger company and they have to silo departments off. And it's like, well, that's, you call up, you know, you call up a big agency. Like we have to deal with, you know, for some of our, we're, we're small. I go call up, say maybe it's like a, you know, Cox or something like they're huge. Right. Yeah. And you'll you could end up talking to four people in order to solve one problem. Or if you go to a smaller company, uh, where it's like, there's each person there has maybe a a wider range of responsibilities. It's like, you know, you've, you're just the person they talk to. And that's the only person I talk to. And yeah. you'll get it, whatever the problem solved. And it's not, they, you're not layer upon layer upon layer. And every one of those layers just adds another another set of more time and more, more potential room for miscommunication yes. or lack of communication <clears throat> yeah. or a breakdown of communication.
1: Yeah. One of the things that I, uh, you know, was a change to me coming from the dealer side to the vendor side was as a marketing director at a dealer, my graphic designer sat Next to me. Like I had a big office yeah. and the three of us, our department, we were all in the office together. So if I needed a homepage slide updated, I could turn and say, hey, listen, for you know, this store here, I need this change on this homepage slide. And then from an agency standpoint, like you got it, there's paperwork involved. You got to fill out a piece of, at least in my agency, got to fill out a piece of paperwork to get it done. And yeah. it's easy because it's just me and one other person. Like I'm talking to the designer, they get the paperwork. I can talk to them about it and say, you know, here's how I, you know, here's what I need. Here's what the dealer wants. But if you're dealing with a Cox or a huge company, it's not that simple, right? Because the, the person... It's not talking to the person who's doing the work. They're talking to the person who's assigning the work to the person. And like you said, the farther removed you get from what the actual vision of the project is, the harder it is to get it dialed in the way you want. And that's not just for graphic design. That's for getting anything done at a, you know, huge super large company. Yeah,
2: it turns into a good old fashioned broken telephone uh, <laughs> yeah. and, just, yeah. and broken telephone can be one of, I think broken telephone is either the phone's broken and communication stops yeah. or what went in is completely different than what gets spit out, right? Mm-hmm. And that's my, you know, people usually think all this broken telephone was like, well, the story changes. I'm like, well, the story changes or it doesn't get delivered at all. Right. But either way, it's still broken. Yeah. So that size, that's that size, I guess it's, it's a detriment to uh, the customer. Obviously, it makes the business, the reason it's there is because the business must be, you know, doing well, it's bigger, they need more people, uh, they just can't manage people and and in process, I don't think they can manage it. Just as it becomes more robotic and less human, and yeah. that's where yeah, uh, you just uh, it just nobody nobody likes it. I don't I don't I can't tell me anybody who likes dealing with any large, whether it be an agency, phone company, cable company. Yeah, it, it doesn't you know walk into walk into you want to deal with like you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep picking on Home Depot, so we'll go with Walmart. Right. (laughs) You know, you're going to, you got a problem with Walmart. It's like, you can't just like walk in and, you know, maybe corporate, like it was just sometimes you walk in and like, I just need some help here and it's like, no, who? Like, Oh no, that's not my department. You got to go ask that person. I'm like, Oh, you can't pay for that here. You got to go pay for that over there. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Right. I'm trying to give you my money. Yeah. Your job should be to help me and take my money. That's it. Everything else that you have to do is problems that you can deal with that don't involve putting the burden on me to organize and who I should talk to. So let me, um, they're, diffi- they're difficult.
1: Let me get your take on this sales tactic from agencies. I saw this and I'll mention this for two reasons. One, I don't do this. And two, I saw this a lot where I would be, you know, sitting in my office and I would get an email from somebody at an agency or, or a vendor, whoever it was, let's say like a, let's pick on a, let's pick on a chat vendor, right? I get an an, an uh, email from a chat vendor who would say, oh, we were just on the chat on your website. And uh, here are some, <clears throat> some things they did that answered the questions uh, incorrectly, or we were able to identify that it, that it was AI and not a person. And if you use our service, we fix A, B, and C problems that we found. Here's the transcript of the chat. Mm. What do you think of that as a sales tactic? Kind of like it's like calling your baby ugly and then saying, "Well, we can we can make it we can make your website nicer."
2: Yeah, I don't I don't I don't agree with it. I think your yeah your analogy was great. It's like yeah, call my baby ugly and then tell me how you can make my my make it make it better. Yeah, uh, you could you. It's I think more of a you know say how good you are based on the merits of how good you are, not about how you're better than what I already have yeah. or pointing out, pointing out how useless, what, how useless something is and that you're just one step above that useless. <laughs> like, so you could actually still be useless, but you're just one step above the bare bottom, which you just, you just set the bar for me. So yeah. I'm not quite, so tell me without, without burning about somebody else down or putting another service down, tell me why this is a benefit to me. I don't, they'll do it. I've seen it with, uh, you mentioned chat. Uh, I've seen it. Uh, and maybe it's not not necessarily 100% the same. as have seen it with uh, ads. So, uh, I had a, a customer. So they had a, a one of the big agencies was trying to get in touch with the, the marketing guy there. So he, he does a search on Google and uh, does a screenshot. He says, hey, sends it to him and says, we need to talk. He goes, your ads are showing up in a different state.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I, uh, he sends it to me. And I just kind of look at it. And I says, like, well... I looked at, I saw his phone number. So I did, I wasn't sure where the salesperson was from, but he was basically saying like kind of the similar, Hey, your stuff is bad. Right. Here's what's happening. And uh, we can, we, we can, we can fix this. And I guess that might be somewhat fair, but it wasn't because they were, he was, he was a hundred percent wrong. Like he was seeing the ads because he was in the, he was within 10 kilometers of the dealership that he was saying, the ads were showing up out of state. I'm like, no, they're showing up to you because you're within the radius, but you're trying to convince these It was basically lying. Yeah, and by putting and I think by putting down in his in the dealership by putting down what they were already doing. So the chat, you know, don't put down another service unless they ask for it. If somebody's if the if the if the dealership you're speaking to says, well, how do you compete with you know, chat company B? Like, oh, okay, well, here's why I think we are better. But I'm not just going to come out swinging saying, hey, everything that you do right now. Looks brutal and sucks. Yeah, right. Hey, here's what we can do. We here's what we can do is better. Like not a foot I would start on, and I don't think that that's that's, a, that's not a well, it's not a good tactic. And I don't know if I would be interested in talking with people that start that way. Like that's not. Don't tell me how much. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't set the bar really low and tell me how you can just go up a go up a level.
1: I I always thought that I mean listen I'm not like into politics or anything but that's like running for office and being like man this guy sucks okay, well, what what are you going to do for me? Like, I want to hear about your, what your plan is. Like, don't tell me what the the, other guy's doing wrong. The
2: smear campaigns, the smear commercials. It's like, that's great. You know, like I already knew that, but, uh, and you're going to do what? Yeah. Like, tell me what you're going to do. Tell me why you're better than that. But just pointing out the flaws. And in my case, or in the case of, I find it to be interesting in your example, with the, 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 the chat company or something like, you're going to the dealership and telling them they have flaws and like, they're going to take that somewhat personally. Like yeah. that was, maybe that was their decision. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> you, uh, you, man, you made a bad one. That's everyone loves to hear that one, especially from you want my money and you're going to tell me I made a bad decision. I mean, that's, that's rich.
1: <laughs> Are there any things that dealers should look out for in terms of like uh tricky pricing models? Like how, you know, cause there's different ways, you know, like, You know, if you're working with a big one of the big, you know, three or four website vendors out there uh, that we all know in the automotive industry, you know, they may charge for, let's say, paid search in different ways. Some of them, it's like a flat fee. Some it's a percentage and the percentage goes up or down based on the spend, Like, you know. What's a fair way to have it done first of all and what should dealers look out for in terms of you know uh, pricing models like that management fees campaign, yeah, seen, campaign setup
2: I've seen probably sort of three I think you get uh, you get people that will talk about a flat a flat fee um, and then you'll get ones that will talk about the percentage based and then one that I've seen not as often but I've seen which is you bet you pay based on the number of campaigns. A number of campaigns. I uh, I think that uh, and I I think uh, you know when I started out I I kind of wanted to go with uh, with a with a flat rate and I thought the reason I wanted to go with the flat rate is I felt that it was going to t- it was going to let people know that I'm not incentivized to tell you to spend more money I'm not going to yeah. benefit to telling you because I was afraid well, that's all no no one's going to listen to me if I say you need to spend more money because obviously I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you that yeah because then like we Google. benefit it's
1: like Google yeah exactly.
2: Uh, so, but then the, the, the downside to that, as I thought, is that like, uh, eventually you get up and if you just say like, you're going to have both sides of the agreement have to feel that they're happy. If somebody is paying, let's just, you know, so I would say, oh, we'll start out at, you know, at, you know, 500 bucks a month, that's going to be our flat fee. And then no matter what, how much money you spend in my brain, I'm like, there's no way that that agency or any company or anybody's going to want to give you all their attention like, all the time and love. When when you're you're spending like twenty five thirty five thousand dollars on advertising, and you're they're only going to charge you five hundred bucks, like you wouldn't like you don't expect. Yeah. Uh, you pay for you pay for what you get, and if you think that you're going to get all that time and resources and their expertise for five hundred bucks a month, you're you're out to lunch. Like it's not going to happen. Uh, so the the issue I have with that is is that you just don't really you don't get their attention and they're not happy doing it, and you're probably gonna be unhappy with what they're doing because yeah. they're, they're not gonna be on the phone calling you, they're not gonna, you yeah. know, et cetera. So is the uh, the the percentage-based one, I feel is kind of a, a decent one. It says, okay, well, typically, as long as the vendor's not sitting there saying, hey, spend more, spend more, spend more, spend more, spend more, uh, I never try and say spend more. I let that, you know, I'll say like, well, here's some, here's some information that you could look at. You can determine whether that's worth more to you or not, but I'm, I'll, I'll just give you the details so that you can do that. Now, if somebody goes and they, tr- they're going triple their budget, uh, and that requires And when a budget goes up in automotive, that usually means more campaigns. I'm not just changing a, a decimal place on a campaign and then wiping my hands and walking away. Yeah. It usually means more campaigns, more work, more creative, more time. And that's why. It should be an increase in fee when you spend more money because you're asking them to do more work. Uh, I look at the uh, the you know service repair as a great example. Like uh, they don't imagine the, the the dealerships charged a flat rate to fix my car. Like yeah hey, right. we'll, try, we'll fix your car for five hundred bucks. Yeah. Like no, they would go out of they would go out of business and they wouldn't fix my car because they would don't they won't, they wouldn't want to do the work because it was a two and a half thousand dollar job right. and they spent ten hours working on it for 500 bucks or they spent, it's been sitting there for five days. Yeah. Um, So yeah, the pay for what you get part. Now, the one I think is what's a little bit tricky and misleading uh, that I've, one I saw was paying by campaign. So like, well, you'll only pay this much money per campaign. Um, And then next thing you know, uh, there's like 50 campaigns. Yeah, right. And it's like, and every campaign was the same except for the actual, the the ad creative. Instead of the picture of, you know, model, instead of a, you know, model, it was two different models. That's it. Right. Everything was the same. And uh, we did the math. So we did the math on the, the the invoice and then the the actual ad account afterwards. It worked out to more than 50% of the money was considered a management fee. That's how much money it was kept in that. So it was split 50, 50. And I've never seen any uh, uh, percentage based model that would ever be accepted let alone even attempted charges said, well, our management fee is 50%. So you give us 10 grand, we'll spend five on advertising and we keep five. But it didn't seem that way, right? Nobody knew that until you did the math. All it looked like is it looked pretty simple. It's like a couple hundred bucks per campaign. Like, oh, let's make this. Well, then they're so cheap. We'll make so many of these. Yeah. So that was a really, a really, what I thought was, uh, I thought it was really misleading because that person, uh, the agents, any agency knows that nobody would pay 50%. And the fact that all you were doing was just duplicating one campaign to 10 for 10 different models with no setting, like nothing was different. It was just, it was just, it was just wrong in my opinion. So I do think that flat, uh, if, uh, you know, a dealer's got to pick, well, they're a flat fee. Uh, be careful because uh, you yeah. might not be getting, they, they have to make money too and they can't dedicate all kinds of time and effort to your stuff or they won't. If you've got, you know, too much, uh, if you're spending too much money and they're, and they're not getting what they feel fair pay. Yeah. And I think that's right in anything. I'm not going to go into a dealership and I, you know, fix my car for free. They yeah, have right.
1: costs. Yeah. Cost them money to do the business. Exactly. You know, I always thought too, like, you know, on the other side of it, I was always thinking to myself, okay. Uh, you know, I'm trying to obviously save money, um, you know, get the most out of my spend on the dealership level, but, if the pricing is too good to be true, or you think you're not like, wow, this is super cheap, or the, oh, yeah. it, well, it might be like, and now I'm on the agency side and I realize there's a cost to all these things. Like, you gotta pay your people. Like, I used mm-hmm. to be like, when I was in the dealer level, I'd be like, well, I'm not paying for production. And I'm on the agency side and I'm like, we're paying a whole art department to do all our production. Like, it, what do you, it's not free, right? So yeah. I feel like if it, it you know, I had an agency that I worked with at one of my stores that um, we we got our website platform through them. So I paid them for the website platform. We did um, uh, our AdWords with them, but there was no AdWords fee. And I was like, well, there's no way they're not making money off of us. Like (laughs) there's a fee in here somewhere. And this is like right when I was getting ready to leave. And so I was looking into it a little bit, but like not too much. And the owner was like, oh, no, we like the, you know, these guys are good. They're really cheap. And then I'm looking at the budgeting and everything. And I'm like, they're charging you somewhere for this. They're not doing it. They're not doing your AdWords out of the goodness of their heart. Like, you know what? We like this hey Let's just help them out. Like, you're paying for it somewhere. So I feel like if, the, if you're a dealer and, you, and your pricing seems too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. You're either paying for it somewhere that you don't know you're paying for it or you're not getting what you think you're paying for or the results aren't there because they're they're having to take shortcuts in order to make money off of what they're, you know, not charging you.
2: I think, uh, yeah. And I think a, a good way to also look at that is that you said it was like, well, they're not charging you. So like, no, they're charging you somewhere.
1: Yeah. It's not free. Look on it.
2: Look, look on an invoice somewhere. There should be a clear distinction about how much money that, like, is considered a fee and how much money is actually going to Google or Facebook yeah. or better yet. Uh, how about you pay, that, you know, the customer, if I'm, if I'm the dealer, I'll pay Google and Facebook myself.
1: Yeah. I always did that. That was always my policy.
2: Yeah. My account. And then the only invoice that I'm going to receive from the age, an agency or whoever is doing the work is their fee. And no longer do you have this muddied number where you just see there's one line item and it says, well, you just paid $10,000 and you're like, well, okay. Which part of this 10 was going into your pocket and which part of this 10 was actually Doing the work that I you were contra- you were contracted to do, and uh, yeah, I think having the separated line items or better if you can pay yourself, uh, I think that's a good one. We have a lot of customers who don't want to pay directly to Google and Facebook, and then we I go we go above and beyond trying to be as transparent as possible. Like here's the here's a line item, here's a fee, here's yeah. the receipts that are from Google just to show this. They just don't want to go through the uh, accounting administration of reconciling, you know, 150 charges a month on a credit card. They just want the one one invoice yeah, yeah. and okay, we'll do that. But it's all separated. Like there's proof. It's the ones where you don't see, like you said, like you had mentioned there, it's like, well, you know, they're super cheap or we're not even paying for this. I'm like, oh, yeah, yes, you are. Yeah, you are, right. And we, you, you said it. Nobody works for free. Nobody expects anybody to work for free. Uh, and if you think you are getting a, such a sweet deal. There's probably there's, there is a reason for it. Like, yeah, there just is like, yeah, I get a free oil change. There's a reason why they're giving me the free oil changes. They're banking on me finding some stuff and then I'm going to, they're not just doing free oil changes out of the goodness of their heart. There is right. a tactic and there's a reason for it. And that is to make more money by giving away it's the loss leader, but it's not like, Hey, guess what? Today it's free oil change day. Yeah. <laughs> no strings attached. <laughs> if you want your car fixed, we won't accept your business. Yeah. But you just, here's your free oil. Like one, then just give me the money then.
1: Yeah. If a dealership is giving away, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to think of like a vacation when you buy it, you buy a car and you get a, you know, if, if this month if you buy a car, you get a, you know, whatever, five day vacation to a four day stay in Rhode Island. That's in America, by the way. I don't know if it's to the right to yeah. the right to the right of Connecticut. Yeah, just, yeah it's not, yeah. not too far. That's to the right to the right of Connecticut. Um, It's down from you. Down. Yeah, I don't down, know north, south, left. right, left. Yeah. Um, You know, if you buy a car this month, you get a free vacation. I got news for you. You're paying for that vacation because it's rolled into the price of your car. They're not giving you a free vacation because, because they're really friendly people. You're paying for that vacation.
2: Yep. And I think the same thing would be with your, you know, the chat, whether it be a chat service or, you know, a website or, and I think advertising is where it's very, it's, it's more prevalent in advertising because it's so easy to just obfuscate and bake numbers into other numbers and it just, you can't see it. So it's just like, it's, it's, it's not, it looks free, but it's certainly not. And, or the other one too, uh, it, it, right. There's also you think you kind of alluded to it earlier is that, it's not free. You're paying for it now. If you're paying for it, either you are actually paying for it. It's just a diff- it's just a number, two numbers added together with a different le- with a different label on it. Uh, there's also other ones. where you're you're paying for it because they're doing such a poor job that yeah, you might be paying. You know, let's call it a hundred dollars. You're paying a five. You're paying them a hundred dollars a month to to manage all this. And You're like that's great. I I don't have to pay an agency right. a thousand. I'm saving nine hundred dollars a month. Right. But but they're wasting more than nine hundred dollars a month in your ad account with its poor spending and so on. You're actually you're you're, you're actually uh, worse off. Yeah. Number one, math like, you know like, uh, math wise, than you were by paying a, a better fee. Right. You don't going cheap all the time. So, yeah, I guess uh, I'm going to go on and on about being cheap. And I, I mean, I understand it. Like everybody likes a deal. Nobody wants to overpay. No, you for don't, sure. Nobody wants to overpay. But, no, of course. You no, know, my car, I'm, I'm not taking my car to a place that the guy's going to charge me 10 bucks an hour to fix it. Yeah. You're either charging me 10 bucks an hour because you don't have a clue how to fix cars. Yeah. Or you're going to go and fix You'll go and replace parts and I'll uh, next thing you know, the, the parts are in the car and uh, now I'm going to have to pay your parts fee. And that's yeah, where that's right. where all oh, the money that I wasn't paying and your hourly wage is now on these parts.
1: Yeah. I think the lesson so is the lesson is be alert. Be yeah. alert. Be aware of your surroundings. Uh, if it's too good to be true, if you if you think it's too good to be true, it might be too good to be true. Uh, and then it's important to remember that we are here for you. Yeah, and now more than ever, I'll,
2: always, always. Now more
1: than ever. We are looking out for you. And I, like I think the, this has been the one of the,
2: I saw a funny, it was a funny meme. I think I saw on the uh, meme, whatever I saw on LinkedIn. It was like, it's like, it was like a car ads before the pandemic. It's like, it was, it was, I think they were picking on it. was, it could be any brand, but this was a Toyota one. It was like, you know, Toyota, it's like a picture of them buy this Toyota today. And then the ads after the pandemic It's like, We are here for you. (laughs) Buy this Toyota today.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: It it wasn't a a big change. Just we are here for you in this time. Buy this Toyota.
1: Yeah, it's exactly it. That's so funny. You want to call Jim McCarthy real quick?
2: Yeah, fire it up.
1: Let's call him. Let's call him. I got this new handy piece of equipment here.
2: Oh, well, if it's a toy, if it's a new toy, of course you have to try it. I can
1: dial him up here, yeah. See if he answers, but send me to voicemail. Like, you know how, like, first ring writes a voicemail? You're like, ooh. Yeah,
2: that's the, it's either there,
0: they, they hit the ignore button.
1: Hello? Dude? No direct,
0: no direct to voicemail. I'm right you can here. Send me
1: right to voicemail. Jim McCarthy no. joining us from jimmccarthyvoiceovers.com or VO, Is it VOs? Yes. VOs or voiceovers? Voiceovers. Jim McCarthy Voiceovers.com. He's the smooth voice guy you hear at the beginning and end of this podcast. I would just figure to be close. I'm talking to your buddy Kevin at uh, Kevin Move yeah, Kevin. But- moveyourmetal.com.
0: There Kevin on a cell phone. Hello. What'd you say? Kevin on a cell phone. Hello.
1: Yeah. Can you hear Kevin? This is, this is old radio shtick. Kevin, can you hear Jim? Oh
0: yeah. This
1: is the,
2: the, the call in. I can hear, I can hear him. Oh God.
1: Good. This piece of equipment is fantastic. Uh, listen, we just had a very, we just had a great podcast. Um, talking all about, uh, how we're here for dealers. We're here for you. We can help now more than ever. Now more than ever, we're here for you, just like uh, all the n- local news stations are for. We review lots of good information. So thank you for introducing me to Kevin. I appreciate it.
0: For all your needs, needs.
1: Yeah, for all your needs, yes, needs. for all the
0: needs, needs. I've got lots of needs. That's
1: right. So I guess the reason for my call is to thank you for introducing me to Kevin and uh, tell, tell you fantastic yeah, work. thank you. Fantastic work on my intro. Uh, I don't know if you expected me to pay you or not for that, but I figured I'd just give you a couple free plugs and then call it Square.
0: Well, you know, that's kind of what we've been doing, even though I've asked for money every time he's taught to save me, but that's okay. That's right.
1: But you can listen, uh, if you're listening to this and you want to do a podcast, you can pay Jim for his fantastic work, uh, which he, he does do a lot of uh, podcast intros and all kinds of different stuff. You may have heard of him on the famous uh, Rich Redman show pod, the world famous. on podcast, which is hosted by Rich Redman, who's Jason Aldean's drummer and a close friend of Jim McCarthy.
0: And the um, One thing you'll get with me is that once you have my voice on your show, it instantaneously becomes world famous. Yeah, and that, that uh, I, I charge nothing for my humility. I mean,
1: listen, you started doing my voiceover work, and I went international. I have a Canadian guest on, so I'm taking off. That's right. <laughs> also, I made a do- I made a dollar thirty four on this podcast last month. So
0: I love Canadia.
1: <laughs> I was just. Tra- I was just trying to explain to um, to Kevin where Rhode Island is. I'm like, yeah, you know, to the right of Connecticut.
0: And he's like, you guys are covering some really heavy, heavy topics. <laughs> he's like,
1: no, it's down to the left. I was like, yeah, well, listen. A, a dealer would f- super useful to know where Rhode Island is.
0: I think you should title this exact episode. We find out where Rhode Island. is. <laughs> I'm just going to title the episode
1: down Unto the left. <laughs>
0: yeah, there you go. Down into the left. What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, all right. Well do you have anything. So how can I help you? Oh that's it. I was just wanted to tell you. We just would called to tell you how great you are, really. That was it.
0: You know that uh it's very nice to have those affirming calls every now and then. And uh you know, I was actually on another podcast this morning and I had video. Oh my gosh. It's not fun to see yourself on video at times.
1: Did you have the chest hair sticking out, or were you wearing a t-shirt that comes no, all the way up? I, I,
0: I look like a fat Uncle Fester. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do your
1: podcast. You do with Rich Redman. You're you. It's a video, right?
0: It is, but I mean, I'm in control of the camera height and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> oh, so you, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you thought it was unflattering side of you. Is oh, what you're dude. saying.
0: Check out goodtimetommy.com on Facebook and you'll see it. It's like, oh, what the hell are you thinking? Goodtimetommy.com.
1: Yeah. Well, I always like to make, I always think people's backgrounds are interesting, like on a Zoom call or whatever. And, uh, you know, and uh, Kevin McKillop's got a beautiful plant in the background. He's got a mirror. He's got, I think, that, is that a road bike he got back there? Like he's got yeah. his... uh you know, he's, got his, he's got his road bike behind him, which I uh, can only assume is a conversation piece for when he's on call with prospects. Hey, is that a road bike? Uh, as a matter of fact, I got to try you the story. On.
2: Let me tell you the story about that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's why I keep an electric guitar behind me because people are like, oh, is that a guitar? I'm like, yeah, I can't play. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> it's a whole laugh. It's a conversation. But anyway, I like to look at people's backgrounds. Uh, and what you're saying is you
0: didn't like the angle of the camera. Were you in your. Oh, it's awful.
1: Were you in your closet when you were doing it in your studio closet? No, no.
0: I was right right next to Tommy, uh, in his, uh, green screen studio. He's a real estate agent, uh, runs a team out in Murfreesboro. And, uh, he's, I, he's, I've always told him that he's like a radio show host, um, in the making. And we're kind of working on something that, uh, we may do a show together every Thursday morning, but, um, I kind of co-hosted it. Yeah. Live and turned into a podcast.
1: Hey, coming at you live 77 and sunny today in Nashville. (laughs)
0: That's right. Uh, yeah, 77 degrees in Nashville this morning. Welcome. Good morning.
1: Uh, listen, I want to ask you a question. And I think maybe some of the dealers that are listening, if they have hung on for all 56 minutes of this podcast about geography, um, in, the car, in the car business, when you were in the car biz, what was the big takeaway lesson that you learned that you were able to apply to the rest of your life? What did the car business teach you about life, Jim?
0: Go. What do you what do you think that might be?
1: What do I think it might be? I don't know. I'm asking the questions here. This is my podcast.
0: Okay, <laughs> uh, it is uh, sales and selling, and how to apply a basic sales process to a myriad of um, uh, applications and scenarios, uh, and a basic fundamental road to the sale, uh, and also how to close people and overcome objections and things of that nature. A lot of things you can learn in the car business. I tell people all the time that. It was one of the best educations I've ever received. Um, you can apply everything that you learn in that business to just about everything in life.
1: So you're, okay? you're saying, and
0: find your own voice.
1: You're saying everybody's a salesperson somehow.
0: I, it's whether they realize it or not. You know, at some point, you're always selling something. You know, um, we're both married guys. At some point, we had to convince our wives to marry us. And, you know, Put a ring on their finger. That's a sale. right? Uh, there's a lot of different aspects. There are kids right now, well, not right now, but next year will be wanting to ask somebody to a prom or a dance. That's, you know, that you got to come up with a proposal. You got to come up with a value proposition. Why would you want to go with me? And maybe because it might raise your stature, maybe because I'm good looking, might because I treat you well. Who knows? I want to go with you for these reasons. Here's why you should go with me. What do you think? Um, it's, I, I, i truly believe that it's a sell or be sold world. We're living in, <clears throat> we're either being sold. I mean, okay. <laughs> Current political climates, notwithstanding, we are being sold something right now. We either accept it or we don't. And a lot of people seem to have a lot of opinions on that. I don't so know if you've noticed.
1: So everyone needs to figure out what this, so in a situation you're figuring out what's your differentiating factor,
0: right? I think just in in a scenario, yeah. Just, you know, how you you hear me talk about be them centric. Mm -hmm. How can I bring value to a scenario? Uh, We just talked about it this morning, actually, with Tommy's guys who are kind of new. How do I make a cold call a little bit more warm? And actually, their leads that they're getting are more warm than cold. But they've got a script and it's very kind of not them centric, but self centric. So, Hey, I want to get 30 seconds of your time. Well, okay. Why, why is that important to me? Right. What's in this for me? Okay. And they're calling people who may have been interested in buying a house a year ago or two years ago. And I said, well, how are you approaching that? Well, we're saying that, Hey, you know, we're seeing that you're in in your system that you at one point were interested in buying a house. Are you still in the market for a house? And I'm like, well, what if you were to flip that on its head and say, We're going through our system. We're clearing out some names. We noticed that you were interested about two years ago in this particular address. What about that address stuck out to you? What's the one thing? What are, what are a couple things? Why, why did you want to move? And you get past all the, Hey, is this a good time? Can I have 30 seconds? I'm just curious about you now. I want to, you know, what were, what was compelling you to move out of your, well, we, we kind of wanted to do this, but we figured we put it on hold. Okay. Well, why'd you put it on hold? look at inter- inter- an interview. Interview. Right. Right. Genuine curiosity. It's about them, what that. You.
1: Listen. Listen exactly. more than you talk. God gave you two ears, Jim, and only one mouth. One mouth. Yeah. <laughs> listen
0: twice as much. Interesting. You know? I, I, and I think I, when you're more interested in somebody, they, they feel that. They know that. You know? And I said, even at the end, even though you're maybe a new realtor or new, new agent to the, to the market, um, and they may not be interested and be like, you know, completely understand things happen. Life happens. Would you keep me in mind? Okay. And can I touch base with you every month, every two months? Is that okay? What's the next mini commitment that's of the best interest for both parties? Yep. You know? I
1: like that. Mini commitment. What's the next yeah.
0: thing? So that's kind of what the car business taught me that everything is an opportunity.
1: Hey Kevin, you ever, you ever noticed that Jim uses the phrase a lot? You know what you should do. Does he do that with you? Now I've known I've known I've known Jim for like I don't know twenty years, maybe more. Nineteen. Yeah. I'm not good with math, but I think I met Jim in Nineteen ninety-seven. 1997. How many years 23 ago? Twenty-three years. Hold on, let me do. Oh, twenty-three years. Okay. And I noticed really early on that Jim was very good at being like,
0: "Hey, you know, hey, you know
1: what you should do." Yeah. You should do. And I got that
0: whatever I got razzed, you know, unmercifully poor, poor, but that's just me. I'm like, I've got an idea, which is something really good that you ought to consider, you know? And I, have yeah, I keep that in the back of my head because I got razzed so much, but I'm like, I just accept it now.
1: You know, you should, you You should have a live podcast. That's what you should do.
0: That's right. That's what you should do. There's actually an app
1: for that. I think there's a company that does that where you can, I don't know the name of the company, but where you can push out You know what you should do, Jim? You should have Kevin and me on your podcast, a live podcast. I'll I'll, I'll do my hair. Kevin can put his his mountain bike and his road bike in the background. And uh, you can, uh, we'll do a live episode. But what you should do is there's a company, I believe, out there that you can do it and it pushes it out to multiple platforms at once, like YouTube, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Frackle, yeah. Stringer, I don't know what the name of the, <clears throat> all those companies are, but um, Twitter, whatever they are, um, the TikTok,
0: but you should, the
1: you should Google that because I, th- I would watch if you were, uh, if you had a live show, would you do that? Would you, would you watch Kevin? If Jim had a live show, if not for anything, just for the chest hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I,
2: I mean, I've got the video up from the one he did this morning. Here's a focus group. You got two <laughs> listeners, man.
1: I would listen if I was free hey, and nothing else it. to do
0: you're seeing the video that I was on this morning, look at the size of my head. Oh my gosh. Size That's a two foot melon that you're looking
1: at. The size of my head. <laughs>
0: I By also way, suffer
2: from a large head.
1: I forgot. Uh, Kevin used the word obfuscate earlier on in this podcast. I had to write it down and look it up to see, to see what it meant. This is, like, this is like 20 minutes ago in the podcast and I typed it in and I wanted to go back to it. And uh, you used, uh, it, used it correctly. It made sense. So good job with that. Oh, good. I was just about
0: to double check. I was like, what is he talking about?
1: <laughs> Turns out he
0: knows what he's talking uh, about. Does it mean to confuse?
1: No, Just does not. It means unclear or unintelligible. We were talking about billing practices uh, no. or, uh, you know, fees or, how, you know, how you get billed um, from a vendor uh, on, on the dealer really? level. So. Listen, before I wrap this up, I had a question for Kevin that I forgot to ask early on. How'd you come up with the name of your agency, by the way? Like, how'd you get to moveyourmetal.com? Because most agencies, I deal with a lot of agencies directly for my job. We white label a lot of products to other agencies. And so most agencies, you can can categorize them into two name categories. There's the agency named after someone's name. And if it has yeah. two names, it's cool, like McCarthy Wilson Advertising <clears throat> or something. Yeah. And then there's like goofy names like, you know, Cheddar, Popcorn Marketing, Big Volcano. Like every, So these are like the crazy names. I mean, my agency's name is Silverback. You know, there's the Buffalo Agency out in Utah. Big Dot. Big, yeah, Big Dot. There's all these. Yeah. So how'd you get to moveyourmetal.com? Because I have not seen one other agency name that has a dot-com name in it since i've since I've been looking at talking to agencies. And I think it's pretty smart.
2: I I, I sort of did it because uh, I was more of a like I wanted to be more of a, like an internet-based company than a tra- like some sort of traditional agency. And at the time, I was uh, I had like more of like a this uh, like a, like a business coach. Anyway, this gentleman he used to be the GM of a Mercedes dealership in Australia, and we was like we would talk, and I was telling him this. I was I had gotten a few uh, dealership customers, and I was still I had I had a more traditional company name before trying to just do have help you know, media with like else all, all kinds of businesses and it's like okay this it, they need something different so he, it was sort of one of his ideas was like well there's lots of terms that they have in the dealership like you know it's like moving metal uh-huh. and so then I went and looked for a couple of ones and I couldn't find like there most of them were a lot of them were taken but move your metal was not taken I'm like that's what I'm here for I'm here I'm here to help you move your metal and I wanted it to be a dot-com I 'Cause first of all, some people might associate that with a tow truck company uh, or yeah, right. a steel company, but I just wanted it to be a dot com. And I and maybe it was kind of similar. It's like I thought, like, I kind of liked dealer.com. I like that name. I'm like, that's just to the point. It's techie. And yeah. uh, so it move your metal uh, dot com and it was words and it, you would indicate to somebody it was in automotive that this is automotive focus. You don't you know what that term is, so that's yeah. kinda how I went with it and only focused on
1: automotive. I like it. I think it's a, I think you. it's a good name. We yeah, Jim and I worked on a campaign back in the day uh, at a car dealership. Was it was it Jim and I? Or it might have been a radio partner, like a vendor of ours. And the dealership's name was Bruce Bennett Nissan, and whoever it was, whether it was Jim or a radio partner, it was like you should just call it. Like when when you sponsor traffic reports, you should just call it Bruce dot com, like call it the yeah. name of the website because most people are going to go right to your website or Google you or whatever. Just act like that's the name of the business. And we actually, we did that. And then we even created a, a, uh, like a secondary logo that was, you know, that had that phrase in it. And I can't remember whose idea that was, but it, I always thought that was a good idea. So move your com is good. You, you
2: should, and that's not, Sorry, go on. I, I guess yeah. I, was, I wanted it to, yeah, something that was easy to, to that would be relatable, uh, not, and there's, what else would be similar? Like, I've got, a, you know, I've been using, I've been t- looking at using, a, you know, a CRM tool and it's called, it's called Streak. It, you know, it bakes right into Gmail. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I thought to myself, that is a terrible name uh, for anybody who is trying to find it. Like, it's yeah. just, it's just a generic word. Like, yeah. I don't like, there, do you know how many things match stre- the word streak on the internet? Like, I, 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 there's and there's a lot of companies that have something like that. I mean, you said, you know, popcorn marketing and like, like yeah. you know, you like Pop- something okay. like yeah. just, just, or the company that's popcorn, I'm like, okay, popcorn. well that's not really going to be helpful. Like, uh, nope. find me something that's unique and easy to find and quick.
0: Popcorn marketing makes me think of like any given agency in Nashville where you got, you know, guys with freaking glassless frames wearing, they got beards and really tight jeans. <laughs> The hipster agency. And, yeah. uh, oh, they're annoying. <laughs> you they're know you should, so annoying
1: I think your name, your agency, I think in your, uh, advertising, Kevin, instead of saying move your com, you should say, check out our services at Moveyourmetal.com your slash about us slash services.
0: And someone yeah. would,
1: t- would definitely write that down and find their way yeah. to, to your, to your my website. New,
0: my new ta- new tagline. I, uh, Early in the age of the internet, you remember this, Matt, when we used to have to read tags for radio spots? Yeah. Had one customer who was advertising on the AMs, so you know that they were a, uh, you know, big spender. Yeah, right. They, um, they had a website, and it was like it must have been like 1998, and it was literally like, you know, go to, uh, you know, HTTPS colon backslash, <laughs> you know, <laughs> www.director.com. Forward slash 365X320X335MM. Three three <laughs> that website, I mean, I was, I'm not kidding you. I am not kidding you. Oh my gosh.
1: I love WW. I love when you still hear that. WWW. WW. You, you don't have to yeah. say WWW anymore, people. It's 2020, for goodness sake. Right. I like how, um, you know, like with a lot of agencies, you were just talking about, uh, I'm, I don't want people to think we're picking on agencies here, but you know, it, like I said, I visit a lot of agency websites. I can look at an agency website and see, you know, like the staff page and they write, they have like clever bios and they have like the keg in the, you know, in the pool room or whatever. And everyone has yeah. beards. Uh, dog. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this is a total bro agency, but it's always in like a trendy area like a trendy yep. part of the country, not like, how not you like, doing? Not like we're, in Danbury we're but... for
0: our commercial space and <laughs> yeah, right. uh, we're passing that, we're passing that cost on to you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Like in a suit, like when I had my, I worked for my group, I was like, let's make our office like an agency. Like we, so we painted the walls yellow and we painted the cross like metal bars, like red and we got some carpeting and like a little table to eat our lunch at. And, and uh, I was like, we're going to look like a clever agency, but uh, as it turned out, we were like in a storage closet and then, you know, all the pain in the world wouldn't make it look like it was a cool agency. But I feel like, I feel like a lot of those agencies now, and we're way off topic though, are probably going to find out that that cost of that real estate, like, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but my company, I'll, everyone has been work from home, work from home for a couple of months now. And I feel like we have literally lost no steps. And in fact, I feel like we've been more productive with everybody working from home. I think a lot of agencies and probably companies in general are going to find out that they're spending way too much on their real estate or their building space than, than, than they need to be.
0: I think so. Yeah. It's probably not a good time to be in commercial real estate. I mean, was it
1: Twitter who announced that they were going to let people work from home permanently or some people work from home
0: permanently? Probably. There's a lot of companies announcing that now we're actually on front a like the other company I own, the uh, big dot companies, we're we're about a month away from hopefully closing on a building. So that, but it makes sense for us. We need a place to work out of because we're a more you know tactile company. So we do electrical and all that fun stuff.
1: Well, listen, I didn't have you on here to plug all your businesses. For goodness' sake! <laughs> oh, by the
0: way, let me tell you about our newest company.
1: <laughs> let me tell you about how we're gonna uh, we're gonna wire sheds for electricity. That's right. this has been fun but it's been going on for an hour and 11 minutes and i'm not sure how many people have will have made it this far into the podcast although i will be honest with you my number one episode with the most listeners is the longest episode which is me no it was not you sorry (laughs) you're in the top 50 though so don't worry i've got 47 episodes i've done and you're in the top 50 Uh, no, the longest, the longest episode was an hour and it actually was my most listened to episode, but it was when I had the episode with, um, we were talking about, uh, has the way people purchased cars forever changed. And I had probably six or seven, you know, dealers, agency people, um, you know, owners or general managers on the podcast to talk about their impressions of you know, will it be changed? Is it changed forever? Will it go back to the way it was, blah, 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 whatever. And uh, that was the best episode. So maybe this episode, maybe it is all about length. Maybe I got to get, like, my episode's got to be three hours long. I don't know.
0: You know what you should do.
1: <laughs> Tell me what I should do.
0: Should do more episodes? <laughs> yeah. Now, Kevin, did, did, we, did we talk about our favorite um, shared clients that do, we love so much? Two more episodes.
2: Uh, no, we have not.
0: The Dream Motor Group—they're good
1: people. I've heard from you guys that they're good people.
0: Oh, great! Dude, Are they not amazing or, or what? Do you sound amazing? Uh, that's, I'm asking Kevin. No. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't. Can you repeat the question? Are they not amazing or what? I mean, they're are they're pretty. They're dang pretty dang good at what they do. They're, oh, they're, they're they're
2: they're fantastic and they're they're dialed. They're 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 just dialed in and they're great to work with.
0: They man, talk about if you had so many automotive companies could learn so much from those guys just on culture alone.
1: Yeah. You've mentioned to me before that they're that it's all about culture there.
0: Totally. Totally. They're, they're CEO. They, they, got a, they got a great
2: team to help, to help support that. Yeah. And I guess that's why they have a great team.
0: And it's, they work on it daily, which is what it takes. You know, it's just not something that you set in stone and forget about. They actually, they flex that muscle and work it every single day.
1: So if you're living in the Baton Rouge or Nashville area, go to dreammotorsgroup.com slash Mercedes slash find my car now.
0: Or the Woodlands in Birmingham.
1: Oh, Alabama too.
0: That's right.
1: Oh, nice. Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, that's why you go down to Alabama every once in a while. I was like, why is Jim in Alabama?
0: Is that your town? they just had a big giveaway for uh, like an internal contest for uh, it's called a, what is your dream contest? So most of the employees, I'm pretty sure they had full participation, but all the employees wrote in and submitted what their dreams were. And the upper management executive level management had to, and the actually the culture team they actually have a team that's a culture team. That's awesome. uh, Had to go through all the stories and try and pick one winner amongst five dealerships. They couldn't do it. So they settled with uh, three, two of which were runners runners up, and the other one which was a grand prize winner. And they split the pot that way. Um, I mean, very heartfelt stories. I just finished the video for it uh, last week. So,
1: It's nice to hear about a dealer group treating their people well. Yes. Because I don't know that. I, I feel like that is a lot of groups could learn from that.
0: Uh, dealerships shoot themselves in the foot all the time with that.
1: There's a group here in Connecticut that is very into. Um, I was watching a video that they produced on their website. It was like a 10 minute long video and it was all a bunch of different employees who had worked for the company for a long time. And it was about like how the group had helped them over the years. You know, they helped me with my education. They allowed me to take time off to do this. They allowed me to do this. You know, I take, you know, three days off a year to, you know, volunteer at so-and-so and I, and I thought it was really well done. This is a group in Connecticut, it's several, uh, several stores and I thought it was really well done. And I think, uh, I think a lot of stores, I think that keeping good people, that's a good way to keep good people. Because it's just like radio. There's such high turnover in, in those two industries that when you find good people, you got to find a way to keep
0: them. Ain't that the truth, though? I mean, is it not crazy how parallel the automotive and radio business are? Oh, Absolutely. Is- you know, I mean, for years they treated people in radio like crap, you know, especially on the production programming side, we were just commodities. I mean, I remember doing, you remember being told that monkeys could do our jobs? Yeah, I remember
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> A general manager called me Max once. I'm like, uh, it's Matt. I've been here for 15 years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I mean, in, in the automotive business, your frontline guys being your salespeople, your yeah. service advisors, they're the ones that are often the most mistreated and, and, you know, ripped off and, 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 you know, I mean, I had scenarios that I could tell you about in the dealerships where I worked where it would have cost the dealership maybe 200 bucks to just uh, turn a deal in my favor. You know what I mean? But they didn't. They yeah. could, it meant more to me than it did to them. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, just why? What benefits you to do that? Just the longevity and the equity you can get out of a person like me or anybody for that matter, by just saying, Hey, well, at least we did the right thing instead of saying, well, here are the rules. That's it. Too bad. Yeah. You know, do you think we
1: should wrap this up or should we just see how long we could go? I feel like Kevin probably has, (laughs) I feel like Kevin probably has business to take care of or he's going for, or he's going for a ride on that road bike.
0: Kevin's
2: got some,
1: Kevin's got some metal to move. So, We'll let him go. I don't even know what day it is in Canada, so it's, it's probably the next day up there already. I noticed too before he was Kevin was a great interview by the way. I'm talking about him like he's not even here. He did. We were talking geography though for dealerships, and he did mention kilometers, and I was like, "Well, I don't kilometers. Ten kilometers? That's not oh, even a I, thing." I, yeah,
2: I, I'm usually I'm usually pretty good about making <laughs> sw- switching up my lingo. But I, I know just, you have, yeah.
1: you have clients in both countries, so I figured I figured you would at least be able yeah, to no, I, uh, I, I, <laughs>
2: so I, I usually I'm usually pretty good about switching up my lingos it's like, it's like you know you, you hear people here Canadians would probably say process and I know that you don't say process and no. the south of the border it's a pro, it's a process I used and to I, you know there's we have postal codes here and then there's zip codes and this thing I'm usually pretty good about you know making sure I got the right one
1: I used to have a um a uh talked to a guy in England when I, I had a radio show in England and we would talk about NASCAR I had a radio show in the in America and a guest in from England, I should speak. Let me tell the whole story again. Cause Gosh, this is, this, no, is we, this is terrible. He no. was British, but in America and I'm in America and we're talking about NASCAR and in, in England, trucks are called lorries. So he'd be like, yeah. Oh, did you guys see the lorry race last night? I'd be like, this is an American show, man. It's not, <laughs> there wasn't a Lori. What are you talking about? And, um, to bring this to the agencies, to the automotive side of things. I was talking to a guy in the UK a couple of weeks ago about marketing and we were talking about uh, fees and he, and he was talking about the whole, all the fees in pounds, right? Is that what they use? Yeah. Pounds. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, like from an accounting standpoint, I'm like, how the heck am I going to do? What's the billing going to be like between different kinds? I was like, you know what? Forget it. Like (laughs) I'm never going to be able to figure that out. What do you think of that There's story? A- Would you guys like that story? Clearly not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <It was laughs> a
0: sterling.
2: Right? that because pound, pound Sterling. And then but didn't you, we, when we spoke, you were asked, but was it about billing? Billing there. It's like, it's just a, yeah, it's asked, just an exchange.
1: Yeah. I was asking yeah, to build clients in a different country. Like that seems like adding, I have a hard enough time with clients that have co-op and sort of trying to figure out exchange rates.
0: I don't have that do kind of time. It's kind of funny, like Kevin right now is making notes to himself saying, never talk to these guys again.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm never going to hear from Kevin again.
0: i uh,
2: never. When, when, are we, when are we scheduling the next one? I'm going to
1: tag. I'm going to tag Kevin in the post for this podcast next week and then go back the next day and he'll be untagged in all of them. Blocked. <laughs> Blocked. Post reported. He'll be like, I don't want this getting out. Yeah. Fact check. <laughs> Fact check. Fake news. All right, guys. I think we're done. I feel like I feel like most of us have other things to do, probably. But Kevin, I appreciate the time. Great job. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me, Kevin McCullough President it. of uh, MoveYourMetal.com dot com in Canada. What did you learn? What did we learn? I took a lot of notes on this. I, I take one thing What did I learn personally? Yeah. Mm, let's see. Let me take a look at my notes here. I learned that down and left. I learned, uh, yeah, down to the left. <laughs> I learned obfuscate. Am I saying that right?
2: Yeah, obfuscate.
1: I learned about uh, the. Um, I learned about the. Uh, I learned that you can't trust Google. We all love Google. Google's great, right? Helps run our lives. My phone, my car, my music, everything. But Google's always going to recommend that you spend more money on your campaign. And uh, just because they recommend it doesn't mean you should take their recommendation. Because of course they're recommending it because they're making money. Of course they want you to spend more money. That's how they make money. Kevin taught me that.
0: That's uh, right.
1: What else did he teach me?
0: You know, I just uh, I just asked you for one thing, but you can keep going.
1: Oh, okay, no problem. Sorry. <clears throat> you know, you should do. You should, you. You, should, you should get off my phone now. We should wrap this up. <laughs>
0: Jim, there's one feature you could be sponsored by somebody sponsored by here. What did I learn? Sponsored by Jim McCarthy, voiceovers.com big.lighting.com com, Bellowwood construction. How many companies do you have? About three or
1: four. I have like 18 emails in my inbox and it's stressing me out. So I got to get, I got to get out of this, Jim. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you. Both of you. See you later. There you go. The longest episode ever of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. I hope you guys found it. Informative, at least. I was entertained. I don't know that anybody else would be entertained, but I was entertained. Hopefully informative. Uh, Listen, I guess the gist of it, keep your eyes open. Watch what's going on. Know what questions to ask. Keep an eye on your marketing. Make sure you trust your agency. Google doesn't always have your best interest at heart, right? Are those all the things that we covered? I think that's about it. Another episode of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson coming up. I know they're bi-weekly-ish, but I have, I think I have them coming up every week now for a little while. So how about that? Overachieving. All right. Thanks for listening.
0: Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson is brought to you by... Wait, this guy has sponsors? Oh, never mind. This sheet of paper blank. No sponsors. That makes more sense. For updates, info, future episodes and more, follow on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook and connect on Frackle. You guys made that last one up. That's not even a thing, Frackle. Come on.